Pastor David Jones. Welcome to my sermon archives. For more audio sermons, books, blog posts, and other goodies, visit www.pastordavidwentz.com. That's spelled W-E-N-T-Z. And follow me on Facebook or LinkedIn. I pray God speaks to you as you listen. Praise the Lord. We are in the last of a series on the armor of God. And uh, so we have talked about uh, the belt of truth and body armor of righteousness, the shoes of preparation, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Bible. And all of these are based on our series theme verse. Let's say that together. Ephesians 6.11 Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies and tricks of the devil. Ephesians 6.11 Today we're talking about the last one, the radio of prayer. And actually the word radio does not appear in the scriptures. But uh, let's say together our key verse for the sermon. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. We can be confident that He will listen to us whenever we ask Him for anything in line with His will. And if we know He is listening when we make our requests, we can be sure that He will give us what we ask for. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. I love the story about uh, Jehoshaphat. How many of you are familiar with that? Isn't that a great story? Uh, those of you who are sports fans will know that Jehoshaphat was also renowned, very famous, as one of the greatest uh, Olympic athletes of all times. He was a hurdler. You heard of the great jumping Jehoshaphat. Great jumping Jehoshaphat. Okay, anyway, I, I, one of the, the things that I really appreciate about him was his, his battle strategy uh, of sending the choir out in front of the army, right? No, Jamie is, is oh, it's a good thing we don't have any, any invading armies right around here. But uh, what I really, truly love about the host of that is that when he was surrounded by three invading armies, from uh, different countries that all came together to overcome Judah. He knew that he was not strong enough in his own nation to resist them. But he did not do what a lot of the other kings had done. He did not try to hire mercenaries or go to the king of Egypt for help or the king of Babylon for help. He went to the king of the universe for help. He went to God and he prayed. And the result of it was that all he had to do, all his army had to do was stand and watch while God took care of the situation. Well, that kind of thing didn't just happen 2,850 years ago. That kind of thing is still going on today. About this time last year, Many of you may remember, we were going through the same things. The Consecration Sunday was coming up. The Finance Committee was working hard, hours and hours, trying to pare down the budget as best we could. But when we got it done down to the, the minimum that we thought we needed to do what we felt like God wanted His church to be doing, 
it was $36,000 more than the expected income that the Consecration Sunday should have. And the church council had a choice. They could believe the figures and make drastic cuts to the budget, cutting, I mean, everything had been pared down. It was a matter now of cutting out major programs, eliminating all support for missionaries, possibly uh, eliminating a staff position, or stepping out in faith and approving a budget that we knew was $36,000 deficit before we started. The council prayed, the council decided that God wants us to do this work and God's going to provide the, uh, the funds and they approved that budget on faith. And I said, I would go along with it on one condition, that we not ask the people to give more money, but that we ask the people to give more prayers to pray in the money from God's resources. And you all have come through magnificently with that, with your prayers. And as I uh, announced a, a couple of months ago, the mid-year evaluation showed that we were in the best financial shape that this church has been in at the middle of the year in anybody's memory. And that is strictly answered prayer and a miracle. So thank you for your prayers and thank God for His faithfulness. Both of those stories, the story of Jehoshaphat, the story of Trinity's 2012 budget, involved God doing what the people could not do because the people prayed. And so I want to talk about the radio of prayer, the last pit bit of the equipment of the soldier of God, the piece that is used to call in reinforcements and requisition supplies. First, we need to understand that God wants us to succeed in our mission. God doesn't set us up for failure. Last week we looked at Joshua 1.8, which tells us how to go about having good success. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. God wants us to succeed in our mission. So what is our mission? It's all about Him. And H-I-M, what is the H for? Hosting God's presence. That happens when we gather for worship. And that requires a place to gather. God wants us to be able to keep this beautiful building up and running. To be that place. What is the I for? Imitating Jesus. When we have Bible studies, we have prayer groups, we have Thursday night dinners. We help each other learn to do that. What is the M for? Making Him known. When we help out at the Lighthouse Shelter, we support other missions here and around the world. We're making that kind of thing happen. All of these things that God wants us to do require resources of one kind or another. Leaders, workers, ideas, and the finances to keep it all running. So the second point is that God wants to provide what we need to succeed. He doesn't just want us to succeed. He's willing to give us what we need to make it happen. Hebrews 4.16 says, Come boldly before the throne of grace, that you may receive 
help in time of need. In John 15, 8 says, God's glorified when we bear much fruit. So He wants to provide what we need to succeed. But an interesting fact is that God will not interfere until we ask Him to. And I think I read a couple of weeks ago, Ezekiel 22, 30 and 31, where Israel was in a mess. They had done all these things and, and God uh, was going to have to punish them. It's like a little kid that's doing rotten things and, and you've told them time again. If you do that, you're going to get a punishment. And God is just waiting for somebody out of Israel to pray, to say, we're sorry. I'm sorry on behalf of our whole country. Please forgive us. Please let it go. God could not find one person to intercede, to step into the gap. And so he was forced against his desire to follow through on what he had said and, and bring the, uh, the consequences of their disobedience down upon them. God will not interfere until we ask him to. But when we ask, God comes through. So I want to quickly go through seven steps to operate in your prayer radio. The first one, John 15, 7 says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, then you will ask anything that you want, and I will give it to you. I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit because I don't have memorized, and I don't want to take the time. We're running late. I don't want to take the time to look them all up. They're down there. You can look them all up. But that's basically what it says. And, and so Jesus says the first prerequisite to operating the prayer radio, the way to turn it on, is by abiding in Jesus, by being joined to Him, by recognizing that you need Him. You can't do it yourself. You need Jesus. Committing yourself to follow Jesus and doing the best you can to live in Him and His Word. And if there's anybody here who's not sure you've ever done that, I'd love to talk with you, pray with you about it after the service. Because that's number one. That's what it takes to become a Christian so that all the rest of this kicks in. Now we have lots of good Christians in Trinity who are praying, know how to pray for these things, and that's one of the reasons that, that God has come through for us so richly this year. Second step is to determine God's will concerning the specific situation you're facing. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says that we can be confident that God will hear our prayers if we know that we're praying for something that is according to His will. If we're asking God for something He wants to do, we can be confident that He'll hear it and He'll do it. So how do we do that? How do we know what God's will is? Well, first... Uh, is the Bible. We always stand on the Bible. God never contradicts the Bible. And so, it's no use praying that God is going to help you be successful in your plans to rob a bank. Because the Bible is very clear that we're not to steal. God's not going to bless some plan to rob a bank. On the other hand, the Bible does say that we should work. And so, if you don't have a job, if you need a job, you can pray with confidence that God will provide one. Now, very often you run across a situation where the Bible could seem to support either side. For instance, you need to choose what college to go to, or you've been given two job offers, or 
whether you should move into a retirement home or stay where you are and have somebody come in and help you. Any of these choices can be good in biblical. So how do you determine God's will in a case like that? Well, the one thing that is clearly God's will is that He wants you to make the right decision. So, your first prayer, the one that you can pray with confidence, is that God would show you His will. He'll guide you in the right way. And He will always answer that. Now, we need to recognize the answer. Sometimes He gives you a direct answer. You just kind of know what to do. But for some reason, that usually doesn't happen with me. So, after I ask God to guide me in the right direction, I do my homework, I investigate the options, I add up the pros and cons, I seek advice, and then I choose what seems to me to be most likely the way that it seems to me that God is leading. And then I always tell God, this is what I think you're telling me. And so I'm going to move forward with it in faith. But if I'm wrong, if I got it wrong somehow, please stop me and let me know. And if you don't feel like you have any kind of indication, you can still go forward with, I mean, even if it, if it comes down to almost a random choice, you really can't tell, you can trust that if you're seeking God's will, He's going to lead you the right way, even if you're not conscious of feeling a lead. In the case of Trinity's budget, the council prayerfully considered, should we make these drastic cuts to our program and possibly to our staff, or should we go out and think on a deficit budget. The council prayerfully discerned God did not want us to stop supporting missionaries. God did not want us to cut staff. But if God was calling us to do this stuff, God would provide the resources. And so He wanted us to ask Him for the finances we needed to carry out His work this year. So the third step then, once you know what to ask for, is come boldly to God. Again, Hebrews 4, 16, come boldly before the throne of grace. And a lot of people say, I can't be bold. I, who am I to come and, and, and ask God for something? I'm unworthy. Well, as, as my kids used to say, duh. Everybody's unworthy. Nobody is worthy to come and ask God for something in themselves. But when you put your faith in Jesus, the Bible says you take on His righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake you made Him to be sin who knew no sin, that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. When God looks at you, He sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And that's what makes every Christian worthy to come boldly before God in prayer. Others try to evade coming boldly to God, which is, by the way, a commandment. God commands us to come boldly. They say, but I don't want to worry God about my little problems. God has bigger things to worry about. So, you're saying God isn't big enough to handle it, huh? Is that what you intend to imply by that? It's like people think that God is up there saying, Oh man, if I hear one more prayer, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. Is that God? No. God has plenty of capacity. God has plenty of excess bandwidth to, to cover everything that we need. 
We have some people in this church who know how to go before God boldly. And I appreciate your prayers. So this, the fourth step is you go boldly before the throne of grace and then you ask for what you need in the authority of Jesus' name. John 14, Jesus said, Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it for you. Not because you're a better person than someone else. Not because you're a more needy and pitiful person than somebody else. But it's like having a power of attorney. Jesus gives his children the right to use his name. So many folks at Trinity understand that. They applied it in our prayers for the finances this year. The next step is to believe that your prayer is being answered. Mark 11, 24 says, When you pray, believe that you have received what you are asking for, and you will receive it. It will be given to you. And that's, that's kind of uh, hard to understand, but let me, let me put it this way. Be honest now. Did anybody here ever spend money based on a tax refund or a paycheck that was coming, but you spent it before it got there? Yeah, okay, okay. This is the same thing. Act like it already happened, even if you don't see it yet. Beginning January 1st of this year, that's what the Trinity leaders did. They went about the church's business, paying bills and funding programs, trusting God to provide for the budget because they believed he had told them that he would. And so, sixth step is thank God for his answer. Philippians 4, 6 says, In everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Thank God when you're asking for something. Thank him for his faithfulness in other areas that he's already demonstrated. Thank God before you see the answer by faith. Thank God when you see the answer. You should have heard the praise of the Lord in the finance committee and the council meeting when we had our mid-year budget evaluation. And the, the last step is keep the channel open. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. Pray continually. And I saw a t-shirt, I think I told you last week, a, a girl wearing a t-shirt that said, Push, P-U-S-H. Pray until something happens. And the other part of that is be prepared to do whatever God is telling you to do in response to your prayers. If you're praying to pass a test and God tells you to study, then study. If you're praying to be healthy and God tells you to eat right and exercise, then eat right and exercise. If you pray for something but you're not going to do anything to bring it about, God might very well conclude that you aren't really very serious about what you're asking for. So I want to give a huge thank you to the faithful Trinity folks who not only prayed in the resources for this year and are still continuing to do it because we still got three more months, but you're obedient to God to give of your own resources as well. And without that obedient giving, our prayers would not have been answered. Isn't it a blessing to be part of answering prayer? So we've been talking for the last seven weeks about the armor that God gives us to protect us 
against the attacks from the devil. The first six pieces, the belt of truth, the body armor of righteousness, the shoes of preparation, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Bible, they're all for personal protection, for hand-to-hand -hand combat. The last piece, the radio of prayer, is for when we need to call in reinforcements or requisition supplies. Sometimes the answer is supernatural, as in the case of great jumping Jehoshaphat and the army of Judah, who just had to stand, didn't even have to jump, and watch as the enemy army started attacking each other instead of them. And sometimes the answer is more in the natural, and it doesn't look like a miracle until you start adding up the numbers, like what's happened here this year in Trinity's finances. The point to it all is God wants you to succeed in His plans for you. And the devil wants to derail you. God has given us the means to defend against the enemy's attacks. Like the army of Judah, God wants to lead us on to victory in Jesus. So let's say our key verse again. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. We can be confident that He will listen to us whenever we ask Him for anything in line with His will. And if we know He is listening when we make our requests, we can be sure that He will give us what we ask for. First John 5, 14. pray it blessed you. Again, I'm Pastor David Wentz, and for more audio sermons, books, blog posts, and other goodies, please visit www.pastordavidwentz.com. That's spelled W-E-N-T-Z. And follow me on Facebook or LinkedIn. May God bless you as we do Christianity together. See you next time.